Busy Birds. Welcome to another episode of Mama Earth Talk. I'm your host, Maris Ganal. Realizing just how much waste we generate on a daily basis, I've set a personal goal not only to reduce, reuse, and recycle, but to also educate the world about sustainability and how each of us can help preserve our beautiful planet. Thanks for listening. Let's dig in. Did you know that every year an estimated 8 million tons of plastic end up in the ocean? Equivalent to a full garbage truck dumped into the sea every minute. Our guest today is the founder and director at Plastic Oceans UK, She's the producer and ambassador for a film, A Plastic Ocean. Crazy birds, without any further ado, I would like to welcome Joe Ruxton. Pleasure to be here. You're most welcome. Well, we're here at a lovely, lovely restaurant today. We're not in the studio, so <laughs> it's fantastic to actually have you here with the event. Joe, how did your sustainable journey actually start? I've always loved the ocean. In my life, I've lived on seven different islands in five different countries. I've always felt a connection to it. And as somebody who's an avid diver, I've seen over the years, over the decades, I've seen a lot of changes. And that's concerned me. My degree was mostly, well, it was biological sciences, but a lot of that was marine topics. And I ended up, when I was based in Hong Kong, working for WWF and established their marine program there. And then when I was leaving Hong Kong, I ended up going to the BBC and started my TV career on the original Blue Planet series. As incredible as all of that was, I felt we were only telling half the story. We were showing films of oceans full of fish. We were showing beautiful clear waters clean beaches where turtles were nesting, and that just wasn't how it was. Wow. I wanted to tell the true story, but there wasn't an opportunity at the time. Um, I was told that people just wanted to be entertained, and they didn't want bad news. And I didn't actually believe that. I felt that we needed to give people more credit, because if people don't know about something, how can they care? And also, if we treat the oceans as we have been, and yet think that they're still full of fish and still pristine, then the oceans would suffer as a result. I did take my film idea to the BBC, and there was no interest at all. In the end, I decided to leave, just as as the world plunged into global recession. (laughs) Got Got rid of my comfy job, where I could, you know, see something going into the bank every month, and then suddenly it wasn't. And I also needed to raise an awful lot of money to make a film. So it was a bit of a mad cliff jump. Oh, I can imagine. So you are actually the producer yes. of an award-winning film, A Plastic Ocean. <laughs> what inspired, so we touched on that, but then what took you further to then get the, mo- the film actually in production and make it? It's, it's very hard, particularly, I mean, this was 11 years ago when I started and environmental films were not in vogue at all. I knew that if I was going to make one, there had to be some kind of hope at the end or or some way that I could portray that hope. I thought about doing a film on ocean acidification, but 
To be honest, that really frightens me. And until we get a handle on the whole of the climate issues and everything that's producing the problems, it's going to be very hard for those changes to come about quickly. But the thing with plastic is if you think about what we're using plastic for, it is utter madness. Plastic was designed not to decompose. It was designed to defy nature. And yet we're making single-use items out of it. We're making things that we use once that will never disappear. And that is the craziest notion. And once you start to think about that, it is so easy to address your own lifestyle and make changes. So I knew what the answer was to this one. I just had to get the message out there. But I had to get it out so that people would understand it, not just those who already cared about the environment, but to those that probably don't watch nature programs and everything else. So that was the challenge. But also when I started... I didn't realize that there was a, a link to human health. And that just made the message even more important. Yeah, because I mean, you've seen some pretty intense stuff. And yes. if you guys have not seen the film, please do go. I'm going to link it up in the show notes. But what would you say was some of the most like shocking stuff that you've seen that plastic has done to the environment and even to our health and the health of these beautiful animals? Yeah, it's difficult to pick one, actually. I mean, the first awareness that I had was when we went out to the center of the North Pacific Ocean, right at the very beginning. So in 2009, I went on a research vessel expecting to encounter the Great Pacific Garbage Patch. I'd read about huge floating islands of trash, and that they were continent-wide and expected to see this incredible spectacle, but I couldn't see any photos of it. And what made it even more puzzling was that if it really was something that was three times the size of Spain, why weren't the astronauts on the International Space Station beaming back photographs of it? So I wanted to know what the truth was, went out to the centre, and when you get there, and it's about two weeks' sail to go out, if you go on a brigantine like I did, but you don't see the plastic, apart from occasional bits floating past. It's not this massive 10 meter deep thing. It, yeah. it, it just looks like beautiful clear water. But what I learned on that trip was that plastic takes about 20 years to get from our coastlines out to the center where it gets picked up by these currents. And during that time, with the exposure to the salt and the sunlight and the wave action, plastic becomes brittle. So whilst plastic was designed to last, it does get brittle and well, it doesn't exactly break down. It breaks up. It breaks up into small pieces. Break down sounds like it decomposes yeah. and disappears. It doesn't. It so just gets smaller up. and smaller. So the scientists on board were doing plankton trawls. So any, any plastic that's floating on the surface, in other words, a plastic material that has a density of less than one would be on the surface. The majority of plastic actually sinks, but we could scoop it up. And what was... The concern was that it was so much of it was there mixed in with the plankton. The plankton is the heart of the food chain. The phytoplankton produces more than, more than half the oxygen we breathe and absorbs most of the CO2 we produce. So it's not as if you could just go and collect it all up, because if you did, you would remove the bottom of the food chain and you would remove that source of oxygen. And the closer we got to the center, the more choked up these plankton nets became. That was the a, a real wake-up call for me. Geez, but, I can imagine. That's well, shocking yeah. to, to just think it, it about was. It, it was a shock to see what it was, but also as a filmmaker, it kind of made things a bit hard because I'd gone to film this huge spectacle and you get there and it's like, can't see anything. 
it's so much worse. And I honestly thought at the time, perhaps I should just do a radio program. But then I started to think, right, how can I get this story out? I need a charismatic animal to tell this story. And of course, what could be more charismatic than a blue whale, the largest animal that ever existed on the planet that feeds on the smallest? So it kind of took off from there. And then I started to learn more and more about it. I learned about the chemicals that plastic carries, that plastic attracts when it gets into the ocean. So you think of all the years of agricultural runoff and industrial effluent that includes all sorts of chemicals, even ones that have been banned, like DDT and PCBs, you know, links to cancer. They're all still out there. They haven't gone away just because we've stopped using them. Exactly. They're still there and they're still going to be there around for like even hundreds of years. Well, they are. And the problem with them is that they are hydrophobic. They don't like water. And plastic just happens to be a perfect transport medium for them. So it pulls them in like a magnet. It is so fast that within one day of being in the water, the studies have shown that by the end of that day, the levels of these chemicals are already higher than the surrounding water. These are chemicals that have been linked to cancer, endocrine disruption, autoimmune problems, infertility, cognitive and behavioral disorders, and yet they're there and plastic pulls them in. Now you might think, well, if a fish eats it, I don't eat the guts of a fish. But what they like more than plastic is fat. So they get released from the plastic and stored in the fatty tissues of those animals. So the higher up the food chain you go, the more these chemicals will have concentrated. And that to me was... Another wake-up call, because I didn't even, all I thought about originally was that it was an eyesore, that it shouldn't be there, that it was entangling marine animals, that they were ingesting it. But suddenly there was a direct link to our own health. And I think, you know, a few weeks ago, there was some statistics being released as well that said, you know, on average, we consume one credit card's weight in plastic every single week. That's quite a lot. I mean, everyone can like... I've not actually seen the scientific um, data that that came from. If it's putting the message out there, then great. But at Plastic Oceans UK, we're a very evidence-based organisation. And I need to look that one up. Yeah, well, we'll definitely check out and see what Mm. what you come back with. So a lot of the times people would say to me, listen, Mariska, it's only one bag. It's only one plastic bottle. But it it's is not. not. Though, is it? It's not. <laughs> it's really so not. So if someone would say something like that to you, like, hey, Joe, no, it's just one plastic bottle. What is typically your response? Like, what, what would you say to them? I would say two things. One is look at the film and see if you still have that attitude. Because when you see how much damage plastic is doing, why would you want to contribute to it? The other point that we have in the film is the fact that chemicals in these plastic bottles leach into the water or the drink that you're having out of them. Now, it's a two-way thing. One is in the ocean they attract chemicals, and two is they leach chemicals. So the chemicals that are given the plastic, that property, are there. Why would you want to risk that? Why would you want your children to risk that? If you don't care about the planet enough to make changes yourself, you're probably going to care about your own health and the health of your children. Get the facts, learn about it, learn about the consequences, and then see if you still have the same attitude. And the other thing I would say is, I'm not asking anybody to live a plastic-free life. There's so many incredible ways that plastic is very useful, and in medicine, there's no alternative. I think that plastic has helped nature in many ways. It's the way we're using it. I think that if everybody did one thing that would be much more effective than a few people going completely plastic free so anything you do is going to contribute to turning the tide on plastic 
Definitely. I mean, it's it's all about doing one thing at a time mm. as well. And do, do exactly what you can and don't judge yourself too harsh yeah. when once you have to use an item and also pick your battles and try and just do it one step at a time and, and grow. I mean, it's a journey. Like we didn't came out of the womb and started running. We had to crawl first before we could learn to walk. So I think definitely with this, we need to take that on as that way as well. Yes. And what would you say we can actually do today to like have a very positive effect on the environment? What would you, your advice be? Look at your own plastic footprint and think about the fact that you're using that and it will probably be around forever. If Shakespeare had used a coffee stirrer, it would probably still be on the planet now. So just think about that thing. Do you really want to contribute that to the plastic pollution of the future? So once you think about that, it's, it's very easy to find ways to make changes. If you're buying butter, you don't need a new butter dish every time. You can buy it wrapped in paper. If you're using soap, you don't need a plastic bottle. You can use a bar of soap. So those are very simple changes to make. If you want to go one step further, you can get solid shampoos and conditioners as well. There's so many ways that you can do that. If you're using a razor, don't get one of these disposable ones. Get one where you can just change the blade or an electric one, and that will make a huge difference. If you're obviously the water one and the plastic bag one is, uh, is something really positive that you can do. But there's other things like balloons. People sadly let balloons go in memory of somebody who's passed. And those balloons are more than likely going to come down in the ocean. The, the surface of our, of our beautiful planet is 70% ocean. I've seen turtles, I've seen seabirds, and I've seen dolphins with not just balloons in their guts, but also the string that the balloon was attached to, which tends to be plastic. And sadly, in a lot of the seabirds that we encountered when we were filming, the little plastic disc that keeps the helium in the balloon, the birds are eating those. At one point, we were seeing them in every single dead bird we found. Jeez, that's shocking. And I mean, once these balloons actually reach their maximum height and they, they come pop, down, yes. when we look at it in, in the water, mm. it really looks like little jellyfish. jellyfish. That's why the turtles eat them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And for that one moment mm. of, I understand if you kind of lost someone and you want to do something in their memory, but maybe plant a tree plant a tree every single year in honor of them. And Absolutely. It's Do something give for the life. planet in honor of them instead of polluting it in exactly. honor of them. Exactly. Exactly. It's, 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 you know, more. you can understand it looks like your message is going up to heaven, but it's not. It's coming straight down to earth and it will probably kill one of our beautiful sea creatures. Exactly. Definitely. Or, or you know, it happens on land as well. You see cattle eating them because they've come down in the field. Wow. And you've also previously in one of the things that I heard from you said that you have got a glass jar with a very very interesting contents and I wanted to talk oh, about that, that yes. as well. Yes, I've got I've got two actually that have albatross stomach contents in them. One of them is all of the stomach contents from one 90-day-old chick and it's a big mason jar. Oh. It's I'm holding up my hands here, I know you can't see it, but maybe two hands high and it's half full and that was it from a 90-day-old chick wow. and it's full of bottle caps and there's little toys in there. There's, there's so many things that you think, oh, I never even thought about it. And then the other one, which is, which is also a, a very strong message, is specific items that have been found in different dead albatross chicks. So I've got four cigarette lighters in there. Now you think about these lighters, 
and Bic is one of the one, the ones that that people use, and and they and it runs out of lighter fluid, and then they throw it away and take another one out of the pack. Isn't it crazy exactly. that that was even designed that you couldn't refill it? Yeah, I mean that's just madness. Get a lighter you can refill or use matches. Just nonsense that we even call them disposable. What does disposable mean? Yeah. Things like that really bring it home. There's a toothbrush in there as well. There's parts of a biro. If you do a biro amnesty around your house, you will be surprised and you'll start carrying it with you or get, getting one that you can refill or even going back to fountain pens. How lovely your writing looks with a fountain pen. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> and that's just little steps, you know. So yes. next time when you need to buy a pen... Maybe try and invest in something that's really cool that you can just refill exactly. constantly. Not a cartridge one. You yeah. can still get the ones with the refilling Exactly. Thing. I mean, how cool is that? Yeah. And Joe, what are you currently working on that you can actually share with our crazy birds? If you have any crazy bird teachers out there, if they go to our website, which is plasticoceans.uk, make sure you go to .uk because that, that's us, the, the founders. And there's a whole suite of education materials that you can download from age 4 to 16. It includes PowerPoints that have clips from the film. The feedback that we've had from teachers and from students alike has been fantastic. We're also working on a new set which we'll uh, call our Ocean Discovery Days and that's five days where there'll also be films that the students can watch and then we've got work programs for them to do so that they can, they can actually do something themselves. It's STEM-focused, so they see the problem, they work it out with all of the um, information that we can give them. I'm also looking to make another film. I'm almost at the stage where I'm going to put it out for potential funding. It's ocean-based, it's not plastic-based, although there will be a nod to plastics in it, but that's what I'm what I'm working on now and I can't say too much until oh, I've wow. got it funded. How exciting. Well, guys, definitely keep on following this journey of you and once you release more, I'm sure they'll they'll be able to find out more. And what would you say has been one of your most important decisions that you've made around Mama Earth? You've made a lot. <laughs> I know, which is the most... Sometimes I think it was completely stupid leaving the comfort of the BBC to make my own film when there was no money available in the world. But I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I stuck with it. It was a difficult journey. It did take eight years. Wow. And a lot of that was trying to find the funds. I never dreamed that the film would have such um, an effect on people. So many people have said to me, the film changed my life. And I think that's probably the best I could ever hope for. The other thing about it is that when Blue Planet 2 came out, when, when it was still in production, um, it didn't have plastic in the environmental film. And so David Attenborough, who's in our film, saw that version and said to them, why aren't you doing plastic? Haven't you seen a plastic ocean? It's good to know that the incredible movement that, that came about when Blue Planet 2 was released was actually, you know, the incentive was, was, um, was our film. So, so it wasn't all bad decisions. I, d I don't know that I'd do it again, not, not that way, but uh, at least now there's been a, a success. So I'm hoping it's going to be easier to fund the next one. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, you, you've definitely made some ripples all over the world, spreading awareness. And I mean, it just takes one person to actually see that to make a change in their life. So thank you for, for that. <laughs> well, thank you. I mean, it was a very much a team effort. I certainly didn't do this on my own. And there's a lot of people who have, who have helped me and been part of the journey. It's nice to think that you've contributed to that change. And it's been heartwarming to see governments talking about it, to see schools talking about it. When I first went to see schools sort of 11 years ago, I was telling them something new. 
Now when I visit schools, they've got projects about this all over the place. All I'm really doing is updating them. A couple of points mm. that I think are quite important to think about. One is a lot of people use plastic and then say it's fine to use this because I recycle it. Oh. To me, recycling is the absolute last resort after reducing, replacing, rethinking, redesigning, refusing, all of these, because you can't keep recycling plastic. If you have an aluminium can, you can recycle it thousands and thousands of times and it never loses quality. Plastic you can do maybe 10, 15 times, even in the best recycling systems. And then after that, it loses all of its properties and it becomes solid and nobody wants it. Exactly. So think about that. Don't think it's okay to use it just because you're going to recycle it afterwards. And even if you do that, you can't guarantee it's going to go to any decent recycling Definitely. Plant. And I feel a lot of people use that kind of, I would call it an excuse. Yes. It's a very easy excuse it to is. use to say, oh, but I recycle. It's okay. I recycle, you know, yeah. and give themselves a pat on the back. Mm. It's great that you recycle, but maybe you should have rethink, mm. you know, before Refuse, you actually, replace, yeah, exactly. Try and practice the five R's yeah. and, you know, recycling is very low on that one. It so, absolutely is. you know, just go via that route. I think that's a very important point. And, and the other one is when you're looking at um, replacements, I don't think we should be replacing this convenient lifestyle we have with some other product. There's a lot that I've seen about compostable plastics. Some of them will decompose naturally. Most of them need to go to an industrial composter. Mm. So you need to recognize it. You need to separate it. You need to make sure it's going to go to one. I've yet to find anywhere that does that. There's very few cities that have industrial composters. And where they do, I've not seen any separation schemes. Exactly. So how do you recognize it? If you put compostable plastic that looks just like plastic into the plastic recycling because you think you're doing the right thing, that will contaminate the entire batch. Don't look to replace it with something else that's single-use. Single-use convenient lifestyle has to be so last year. We've got to move forward and help the planet. Exactly. And I mean... Sometimes we think that, oh, it's just, again, it's just one thing, or they told me it can be composted. Yeah, I know. You know, ask There's the questions, ask the questions, yeah. because you've got some really smart companies like that has mastered the art of greenwashing. Oh, I saw a classic one. <laughs> it was a plastic bag, and it said on it, degradable bag. Everything's degradable. It <laughs> exactly. doesn't mean a thing. Oh and also, goodness. they sometimes call it biodegradable, but all they've done is mix the plastic with plant material. Wow. So naturally, the plant material will break down, leaving you with little flakes of plastic. They're going to find their way into the ocean even more easily and already plankton-sized. Exactly. And I feel sometimes, especially with these, that's going to break down a lot faster. Mm. So sometimes I feel some plastic items might break down and they might be an issue in, you know, how many years down the line. Mm. But these guys have just gone and speed up that process. Absolutely. And, you know, so we're going to have a lot more plastic in our oceans and mm. in, in our rivers, in our like environment, wherever yeah. you walk in the park. Why would we want that? Exactly. So try just not to use any mm. single use items. Mm. And I mean, I totally agree when it comes stuff like medical yeah. stuff, but even sometimes when I donate blood, you know, I, would typically say to them, oh, I don't need the plaster because mm. I can just put the cotton, you've already put the swab, you don't need the plaster, yeah. it's going to be for a few minutes. It's little things like that mm. that you start noticing yeah. with time. Yeah. A lot of tea bags have plastic in. I'm a real tea, drink, tea oh. drinker. I understand some of them have now taken the plastic layer out, but wow. if you're not sure, then perhaps it's time to go back to your 
lovely teapot. Exactly, the loose leaf tea mm. and you have so many people where you can, and there's so many bulk stores now also opening up where you can just go and fill up your, it's fantastic, your loose leaf. It? Yeah. So much has happened. And I'm so grateful towards you and for what you guys are doing because mm. it's really leveling up that education we've got, we've and got a great awareness. Team. We really have. Yeah. yeah. So excited about that. Mm. <laughs> awesome. Cool. So the final five. So the first one is what is one social media or publication that you follow? Can I say two? Yes, you can say two. <laughs> social media, I do tend to look at BBC only because I, I worked for them and I know that they're impartial. And in, the, in these sort of troubled times, I want to try and get all sides of the story. Publication, I do like New Scientist. I like New Scientist because you feel terribly scientific buying it, but the stories are just written in such a way. The articles are so clear and so interesting that I find if I am going to go on a plane or a train and I just want to sit and relax, I often buy New Scientist. Awesome. And what is your hope for Mama Earth going forward? I have an awful lot of hope, actually. I am amazed at the changes that have happened since 2009 when I started my journey. I think that with new generations getting on board with this, learning about it from a very young age, that Mother Earth is going to become something that we can all treasure because we know why we're treasuring her. I think that there's going to be a shift from money meaning success to sustainability meaning success. And somebody, in fact, I was, I think I was here, I've I've done a lot of talks recently, but somebody said to me, if we replace the word sustainability with responsibility, that really brings it home. We have to, it's our planet. We're all part of it. You know, you, you, you can't think, well, I'm, 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 I'm on holiday here. It doesn't really matter what I do. <laughs> yes, it does, because you're still on the planet. Exactly. And we are, it's almost like we're, we're one organism working together. We need to get that shift away from money and back to the environment, because that's really all we've got in the future. It might not be your trash, but it is your planet. Exactly. A friend of mine was clearing up. Somebody said, why are you bothering to clear up other people's trash? She said, well, it's not my trash, but it is my planet, and therefore I care about it. Exactly. I wish there was more people so like that. I. And what advice can you give our crazy birds this week to help out Mama Earth? Talking about plastic is just to think about plastic as something that's never going to go away. Every time they put their hands on it, know that generations to come, their great-great-grandchildren and probably their great-great-grandchildren will see the same thing because we know that plastic doesn't disappear. It might get smaller and smaller, but as far as we know, it doesn't disappear. So just keep that in mind and start to look at your own plastic footprint and talk to people and go to Netflix or go to iTunes or Amazon and look at a plastic ocean. And and then if you have any questions, please come back to us at Plastic Oceans UK because we, we've we've been doing this for a while And if we can't answer your questions, we'll be able to find somebody who can. Well, we'll definitely link all of that up as well for our crazy birds. And what is one sustainability fact that you like to use in a room with people not yet on a sustainable journey? I do tend to push out the one about plastic being designed not to to decompose. I don't think people think of it like that. And I'll give you an example. I, I had just done the trailer for the film and I had somebody who'd come around to fix some plumbing in the house. And... He'd chat, you know, say, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm doing this film and the trailer's just come out. And he had a look. And then I had my jars of albatross stomach contents on the table. And in it were these four cigarette lighters. And he looked at them and he said, 
Well, I've never even thought about that. I just think of them as disposable. He said, the times I've walked along the seafront and my lighter's run out and I've just flung it into the sea (gasps) thinking it's disposable. You know, with that, if you can just change that mindset, you will find so many ways yourself to help the planet. And I'd love to know some more ideas. I'll I'll tell you one more that you might not have thought about. Chewing gum is plastic. Used to be made of a natural gum. It's not anymore. And there's a, there's a company called um, Gumdrop who are recycling it into bins so that people can put their gum in it. But the wow. minute you start to realize that you're warming up plastic, think of all those chemicals and chewing and chewing and swallowing, not the chewing gum, but why would you do it? Exactly. I haven't had any chewing gum since I heard that. I yeah, I, I heard it as well. And I was like, whoa, I'm not putting that in my yeah, mouth again. Exactly. Jeez. So, Joe, where can people actually find you? On plasticoceans.uk website. Awesome. So just make sure you go to .uk okay, cool. and you'll find me. So we're going to link that all up for you guys. Please. So thank you so much for being on the podcast. It's a pleasure. Thanks for covering the subject. You're most welcome. And we are going to have a lovely, lovely no-waste dinner right now. So I'm, I'm super excited. excited. Yes, have you seen the menu? Oh, yes. Looks, looks fantastic. Mm. So yeah, so cool. Well, thank you so much. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening. You can find the show notes for this episode at mamaearthtalk.com. Follow at Design by Mariska on Instagram or email hello at mamaearthtalk.com. And let me know if there's a topic you'd like me to talk about. I love hearing from all you crazy birds. New episodes are uploaded every Monday. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss anything. Mama Earth has a voice and it's us crazy birds.